Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Last month, Maricopa County attorney Alistair Adele ended her three-year tenure in a hospital amid concerns that she was losing her battle with alcohol abuse and after the top section chiefs noted they didn't think she was up to the job. It sparked a dash to qualify for the election to replace her and a lightning round of interviews for an interim boss. For now, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has appointed Republican Rachel Mitchell as her interim substitute. If that name sounds familiar, it's because in 2018, she handled questions for Senate Republicans of the woman who accused Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault when they were both teens in the 1980s. Candidates had just two weeks to file paperwork and gather signatures to qualify for the August primaries in their bid to take over one of the largest prosecutorial teams in the country. Welcome to The Gaggle, a politics podcast for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. I cover national politics for the Republic. This week, I'm joined on Zoom by two Arizona Republic reporters, Robert Anglin, who's been closely following the Alistair Adele story, and criminal justice reporter Jimmy Jenkins. Robert, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Jimmy, let's start with you. First, welcome to The Gaggle. I believe this is your first appearance. What do we know about Rachel Mitchell and her qualifications to head the county attorney's office? Mitchell has 30 years of experience as a prosecutor. Uh, She has served as a bureau chief at the county attorney's office. She oversaw teams of prosecutors for 17 years, including the Sex Crimes Bureau, uh, which prosecutes crimes that involve child molestation and adult sexual assault. She was also one of the five division chiefs, as Robert reported, who called for Adele to resign in February and sought investigations by the State Bar of Arizona and the Maricopa Board of Supervisors. And of course, she received national attention in 2018 for her role as an interrogator in uh, the congressional hearings, leading to the appointment of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brent Kavanaugh. So she has claimed to be the candidate with the most experience for the job and you know, she says she knows the office inside and out. Has she indicated what, if any changes, she plans to make to the office? She talked to the public and the press at her swearing-in ceremony this week about how she wants to be a, a present leader and an engaged leader. She said she, she's been showing up for 30 years and she'll continue to show up. Uh, she talked about how she wanted to handle cases with competency and compassion, so she didn't want the office to... Uh, paint people with broad strokes. And she also said that she would communicate more with the public than her predecessor through the press. She acknowledged uh, the big problems of the case backlogs and staffing shortages at the county attorney's office as her priorities. Uh, And she kind of warned, you know, this is not going to be an overnight fix, but uh, it's going to take an extraordinary amount of hard work. Gina Godbehir, prosecutor for the city of Goodyear, and Annie Foster, general counsel to Governor Doug Ducey, were also in the running for the interim post. 
Do we know why the county went with Mitchell instead? A lot of people I talked to expected it to be Mitchell, uh, even though Annie Foster had the support of the governor. I think the board wanted someone who could steady the ship, so to speak, or, or right the ship, as one of the county supervisors said. Supervisor Clint Hickman, the morning the decision was made, the appointment said he was impressed with all three candidates, but he said Mitchell was the best choice to take on the challenges of the office at the moment. Uh, Supervisor Gallardo said it's important to have someone who can start you know, right away moving the office forward, taking on tough challenges. He actually commented that he had favored opening up the process to others to apply, but he, he went along and respected the board's decision just to look at these three Republican candidates who had qualified for the ballot. Supervisor Gates said that uh, Mitchell did an excellent job stepping in when uh, Bill Montgomery was appointed to Supreme Court. So that stayed with him as far as her qualifications. Uh, Gates said he was looking for someone who would follow the law, but will not throw the book at every person was his quote. And so he believed that person uh, was Rachel Mitchell. You know, one of the clear signals that the county supervisor sent within their questionnaire, they asked three questions of each candidate. One of them was about the election. And of course, you know that the county has been battling um, Senate Republicans over the audit of the 2020 election results. And they asked each candidate what they thought about the election. And of the three candidates, Rachel Mitchell was the one who said Biden won. There is no dispute. Now, the other two candidates weren't immediately as direct. They have since said that there's no evidence showing that there was a conspiracy to you know, rig the election. But Mitchell, right up front, just said Biden won, and there's nothing presented that suggests otherwise. So the county attorney's office doesn't just prosecute criminals. And the county attorney, by the way, is responsible for making the decision whether or not to charge somebody with a death penalty. Against. But the office also represents county agencies civilly. All the county agencies, the county recorder, the elections office, that's represented by the county attorney's office. And then, by the way, includes the county board of supervisors. Okay, so that was the choice of the county board. Republican voters will pick between Godby here and Mitchell in the GOP primary in August. What have the other two women said about their priorities, Jimmy, for this office? And what have they said about Rachel Mitchell? When we look at their responses to the questionnaires that they filled out for the, the appointment, Foster said she would work to ensure that the office was able to fulfill its duties in compliance with state and federal law. And that's something that she wanted to look at right as she got into office. She also committed to, quote, mending the relationship with law enforcement. Godbeer stressed the importance of the county attorney's office having a presence in the community. So it seems like all the candidates are kind of acknowledging that they need to get out there, be in the public, more communication. Godbeer said she would also work to build trust with law enforcement. And she talked specifically about being there for the employees at the county attorney's office, who she said are are strained and struggling to handle the large caseloads that they have. And she talked about wanting to create a safe culture where new ideas could flourish, as how she put it, allowing the organization to adapt more to the changing community. The GOP winner will face Democrat Julie Gunnigal who is unopposed in her bid to win the office that she lost to Adele in 2020. What is Gunnigal saying about her plans? And are they any different than what she was offering voters two years ago? 
Yeah, I'm hearing similar messaging to what almost won it for her last time. You know, she narrowly lost the county attorney race to Adele in 2020. Uh, and then we saw that she still has a lot of support out there because she received enough signatures to qualify on the ballot less than 24 hours after announcing her candidacy this go around. So Gunnagul uh, has talked about how she believes she's the candidate who can restore public trust because she's coming from outside the office. Most of her career has been in private practice. She has since uh, worked for a time as a director of political and civic engagement for Normal Arizona, which is a marijuana reform advocacy organization. So bringing different perspective there. Gunnagul has outlined her priorities for a lot of specific criminal justice reforms, talking more about policy issues, I think, so far and less about the uh, internal specifics of the office. She has said that uh, she wants to work against over-incarceration. She's one of the candidates who's talking about the cost of incarceration to our society and trying to reduce that. Gunnagul has also proposed universal and automatic expungement of marijuana convictions. So she has pledged uh, as well that her office would not prosecute abortion or birth control related cases should Roe v. Wade be overturned. So, uh, you know, we're still seeing a lot of that same progressive messaging. She thinks maybe this time will take her over the top. Robert, we've talked about Alistair Adele's personal problems on the show before, but how did all of that affect the day-to-day operations in her office? It damaged her relations within the office beyond repair. I mean, it's like that old adage, that sucking sound you hear, that's the drain. And the people who were working under her were working under an inordinate amount of stress. It became clear that she demanded and expected loyalty despite whatever problems people thought they were seeing in the office. For instance, one of her inner circle, her communications director who worked with her for years, resigned in a letter and gave a three-week notice saying, our office should not be responsible for defending Alistair Adele's sobriety. Adele's response was to have her escorted and locked out of the office within roughly 12 hours of getting that, certainly within 24 hours of getting that letter. And it spilled over into, of course, the five division chiefs writing essentially a letter of no confidence and going one step further and calling for the investigations that Jimmy talked about. So the office was without a doubt in turmoil. And it went beyond just her drinking because, as it turned out, cases weren't getting handled correctly. There was an enormous backlog. There was a shortage of staffing. All of these things pointed to by the division chiefs as a consequence of her inability to run the office. So Adele is now gone. What kind of office does Mitchell inherit? And do all the problems that existed before, are they still around? Is one change at the top going to make a major change in operations there? Mitchell inherits a mess, but she may be in a good place to address it. Since she was one of the top five prosecutors in the office, she understands at least in theory what issues need to be addressed, what needs to happen. She has an intimate inside look at that office. Whether or not she does that is another story, of course. So given the spectrum of problems that you've identified, Robert, And with her personally no longer in the office, is there anything that especially is impactful for the public or especially an urgent need uh, to manage with uh, personnel or such that you would expect Rachel Mitchell to address immediately? 
Given what I know of the office, I would expect her to start addressing staffing shortages and case backlogs. Clearly, one of the things that we discovered in the investigation was that they forgot 180 misdemeanor cases. They just forgot to charge them. Well, a case occasionally will, will slip under the radar of the statute of limitations to en masse just forget 180 cases, which included domestic violence, DUI, criminal trespass, damaging gun. I mean, there were a lot of serious cases that, that just had to be dismissed because they weren't filed on time. That's a staffing issue. That's a personnel issue, and that could be managed. One thing I think is interesting, though, obviously, whoever they put in that office now, from the Board of Supervisors' perspective, is likely the person they expect to win the election. That puts Mitchell in the unenviable position of having to run for office at the same time she's trying to clean up the office. One thing that could happen is that one of Mitchell's key supporters was Rick Romley. And he had called former county attorney Rick Romley, a Republican, extremely well-respected, still sought after for not just investigations, but opinion on legal ethics. Rick Romley also supported Adele and mentored her and, and campaigned for her. But he was one of the first to call for her to resign when he realized the office was falling apart. He then supported Mitchell in her bid to run the office. And it's possible that they could call him in as a, as a consultant to handle the part of the office that needs to be corrected immediately while Mitchell focuses on perhaps campaigning. But that's me reading into it. Jimmy, when they talk about things like community relations and, and trying to be more engaged, it seems to sort of speak to this subcurrent of distrust with police and law enforcement more broadly. We have a Phoenix Police Department that's come under a civil rights probe. There's also been accusations of impropriety with related to gang prosecution. What have any of these folks said about trying to manage that? Well, I don't I haven't heard many of the candidates address those issues specifically. Everyone is kind of talking about just the overall need to restore trust with the public. But I think, yes, that's absolutely what they're referring to. You know, you had the county attorney's office working with the Phoenix police office to make up these charges to suppress people's right to be out there in the streets protesting. So, I mean, that's a pretty fundamental challenge to the things that a lot of people hold dear, their expression of their speech and their rights to be out there protesting. So it just shows you like what a huge challenge whoever the new full-time county attorney is, and especially right now for Rachel Mitchell serving out the rest of the year until the election, is going to be uh, restoring that trust because it's been violated at such a deep level with so many people in the community. Well, gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining me this week. Listeners can find your work over at azcentral.com, but if people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? I am at Jimmy Jenkins. I'm at Robert Anglin. That's A-N-G-L-E-N. Okay, that is it for today, Gaggle listeners. Before you go, please rate and review our show and share this episode with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. This episode was edited and produced by Amanda Liberto and Kaylee Monahan. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. You can also follow this show and other Arizona Republic podcasts like Valley 101 and our new bioscience program, The Lab, on Twitter at AZC Podcasts. For The Gaggle, I'm Ron Hansen. We'll see you next week.